Welcome to KPMG U.S. News Twitter Space Tech and Government Conversation. I'm Matt Weiss. I'm a director here at KPMG where I lead our industry communications team and have the good fortune of being joined this afternoon by KPMG's national sector leader for technology, media, and telecommunications, Mark Gibson, and Lorna Stark. She's the national sector leader for KPMG's government practice. And before we get into the conversation with Mark and Lorna to discuss some of the latest trends when it comes to the intersection of technology and government, I just want to remind everybody tuning in today that you can ask questions by tap microphone button, or you could direct message us at KPMG US News to request to speak. We're going to be stopping during the conversation to address questions. Also, a replay of this conversation will be available. And for those who are in the media, this is intended to be an on-record conversation. So any of what's discussed today can be leveraged in your reporting. And of course, you're encouraged to ask questions. So Having said all that, again, sorry for any of the technical issues. I was talking to myself for a good minute or two, I suppose. But um, having said all that, Mark, you've been a part of several conversations here on Twitter Spaces talking about how technology is a horizontal sector that spans across other industries. But when it comes to government markets, perhaps a sector that, historically speaking, is overlooked insofar as the average citizen likely associates technology with other sectors such as automotive or perhaps the healthcare sector. But of course, government's yet another sector where the role of technology continues to play an important role. And before we get to Lorna and her talking about what we describe as modern government here at KPMG, just wanted your thoughts, Mark, and your position here at the firm. What stands out to you and what comes to mind when you think about the role technology is playing in government? Yeah, Matt, thanks for that opportunity and, and great to be with everyone today. And Lorna, great to be with you. I know Lorna and I had a great chance to be in person last week together at a conference, which felt really good after uh, many, many months working remotely. So uh, really excited to be with everybody today. You know, Matt, I, I love the opening about considering the role of technology as a horizontal um, across other sectors, because that really is paramount to what we've been seeing lately. And when I think about the government sector, just the enormity of that, um, the size and breadth of that, the resources that are associated with that, it really is, I think, a huge opportunity for the technology sector. Um, the government spans so many aspects of what we're seeing in technology. It's, it's one of the biggest consumer-facing organizations. You think about the way the government interacts with all of the citizens and, and the experience that each of you may have had um, working with the government, whether it's on a website, whether it's on a phone call, whether it's on a forms um, but the, the need for government to stay current and to modernize the consumer experience, I think, is a really big intersection that technology can play a role. Um, you certainly know the importance of cyber and the risks that are in the world today, the geopolitics around cyber and the government uh, you know, needing to be in a position to respond to that and the role technology plays there as well. And then, you know, just the enormity of kind of the back office of the government. And, you know, when, when we think about our advisory practice, what we're talking to our tech companies about. It's a lot about linking the back office and the efficiency and the processing and using technology there and then linking that all the way through uh, to the front office and the middle office uh, experience that I talked about with consumer. And I think technology has a huge role to play there um, with the government as well. So it's, it's enormous, Matt. Uh, I know Lauren is going to share a lot of the insights today, but uh, it's a huge interface for tech. Yeah, no, no doubt about that, Mark. And Lorna, um, Mark talked about a lot of different topics there, but I want to ask you, Lorna, about that concept of tech for interface. You know, can we make government websites useful for people, not just for information, but, you know, being consumer friendly, uh, essentially? I want your thoughts, Lorna, on, on that aspect of modern government. I know we did a survey, Lorna, about a year or so ago, where only 38% of U.S. citizens that we surveyed at KPMG said they feel like a valued customer when interacting with government. So it certainly seems like an opportunity for, for growth and improvement there in the government space. 
Yes, <clears throat> absolutely. Technology is key to governments modernizing, and we d- we define modern government here at KPMG as as one that is connected, that is powered, and that is trusted. And that powered piece is so important because to, to us that means that governments are leveraging today's technology to provide a better service, a more efficient service, um, a more easy to access service, more equitable access to those services as well. And, you know, Mark mentioned several key things, right? We are all consumers of government. We are all members of the public at large, and we all have to interact with government at some point in time. And wouldn't it be great if we could interact with government in the same way that we we shop online or that we interact with other commercial entities and, and using technology? He also mentioned cyber and the role that government plays in securing data and securing information, especially during these times. We see a lot around the geopolitical space and cyber and government. And then the third thing that Mark mentioned that I want to relate back to is, you know, governments do need to digitize. They do need to become more digital. And that's where this tech for interface comes into play. Technology is the channel and the access that we can the way that we can access government services in a, a much better way with a much better client, customer, consumer experience. And in fact, those three areas, customer experience, cybersecurity, and digital government were three of the top priorities of almost every single state CIO as they um, provided those priorities to us just a week ago at the NACIO mid-year conference. You know, Lorna, you hit on a lot of great points, and Mark did also. I just want to stick with you, Lorna, before we go back to Mark and um, talk about that survey that we did at AMG a, a little over a year ago, if I recall, Lorna, who was among government executives. It was also around, uh, among citizens. And if I look back, Lorna, at those findings, 79% of the government executives that we surveyed said that the age of their IT systems negatively were affecting their, their mission. And when they were asked about kind of how advanced those IT infrastructures are, 41% of respondents said they're working with IT infrastructures that are 10 years old or even more in some cases. When you talk with clients, Lorna, as you're out there and as society begins to open up again, you're spending more time at state capitals and out with clients. Have you seen progress there on the front lines? Are you sensing that there's still real um, challenges in government with getting up to speed with more modern capabilities to to meet the needs of what is an increasingly um, virtual world, certainly? Yes, and, and COVID, the, you know, the one silver lining, if you will, it was the rapid transition of government services to being fully remote and virtual. And if you had asked anyone, whether it was any one on the street, if you talk to a government official, elected official, or a consultant like myself, and said, hey, could government provide all of its services virtually? We would have all said no in February of 2020. Uh, And fast forward, you know, just another month later, and every government around the world, and especially here in the U.S., was converting very quickly to be able to continue providing critical services in a remote fashion. And so now as we, we come to hopefully the endemic portion of this pandemic, we are seeing governments looking back at how they so rapidly moved to the remote world, the virtual world, and learning from that and looking to see what is it that we keep doing the way we were doing during COVID? Where do we need to change policy and regulation to allow us to do these things differently in the way that we've been doing them for the last two and a half years? And also thinking about how do we best serve our customer with that customer experience, with the customer in mind, Where is that hybrid intersection of 
the in-person services and the online services and how do we make both of those experiences the best they can be, the best that they can be in the way that the consumer or the, the public wants to consume those services. Yeah, great point, yeah, Mark. Man, just, just, Mark, yeah, I'm sure you have some things to add. Man, yeah, I think just jumping in on that, you know, when, when survey the tech sector, talking about the trends, you know, what are the what are the biggest trends they're seeing? It's this digital transformation continues to be at or near the top. And the acceleration of that through the pandemic, um, you know, it really was a remarkable accomplishment that the tech sector, you know, developed and made possible for sectors like the government and others to to move to issual and to a remote workplace and, and technology's role there. I think is critical. And to see that work for the government, now, speaking as a citizen and a consumer of government services, I mean, it's certainly positive to hear uh, the progress made there. I also wanted to circle back, if I could, on Lorna's comment about the equality side. And, you know, one of the things um, I certainly believe about the technology sector is that technology is the, the most rapid way for us to reach equality. It, it is the um, most equitable way to solve a lot of the problems that society faces around inequality and providing the access and the resources to all of our citizens. And so I think tech's role intersects a lot with the government there as well um, to make uh, processes efficient and available and services um, accessible. So not to be lost that there's a big technology play around the, the equitable delivery of government services as well. So I'm really glad Lorna brought that up as well. That's a great point. And I just wanted to pause to remind those who are listening that if you have any questions for Mark or Lorna, feel free to tap the microphone button. You can direct message us. Uh, I know we had some technical issues at the start of the show, so apologies again for that. But uh, Mark and Lorna, you raised a lot of great points. Mark, I want to come back to a point that, that you raised about, um, use the word enormity. And I think when folks think about the government in general, that's certainly something people associate. The government's big and expansive. Um, but you were talking about, Mark, of course, in the context of meeting the technology challenges, you know, how expansive government is. You have state and local government, federal government, of course. Um, are there any other sectors, Mark, that you can think of that are apples to apples, if you will, in terms of the enormity of the challenges? Or do you think government's unique in the scope of challenges it has in integrating technology, just given the, the multitude of different constituency groups it's trying to reach and how, um, how it operates at, at a multitude of levels, whether it be at the, the local level, the state level, or a national level? Yeah, it's a great Great point, Matt, because it's different. And that's what, you know, I think the way I'd answer the question is there's nothing like uh, the size and the enormity of the government sector because it's all connected. Um, it's all interrelated. And while we have, you know, numerous different federal, state, local government organizations of all kinds, they're all they're all interconnected in one way or another. And ultimately, it's the same pot of money that's funding all of the, that government sector where what we see when we look at other uh, large sectors that interface with tech. I think about the automotive sector or the banking sector with fintech. We're generally talking about unique commercial enterprise there that don't that are not interconnected. And so um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of going to market with against individual customers, which is a different a different model for the tech sector going to the government. Um, we are seeing a lot of the big tech companies certainly um, viewing the government as one of the largest markets that they have available uh, when they think about deploying their uh, technology, their solutions, their capabilities. And certainly firms like ours spend a lot of time partnering with those tech companies to go to market and provide services to uh, uh, to the government sector. So it really is, I think the word enormous, Matt, it, it certainly uh, is appropriate. Lorna, you've spent a number of years, of course, supporting and, and working with governments. Just welcome your thoughts, certainly, as I know you've been state, federal, all different levels, uh, just on, on what Mark said. 
Yeah, you know, <clears throat> just back to the very opening comment, Matt, uh, that both you and Mark have commented on is technology is the horizontal and technology as the connectors, as Mark just said, that is so true. And if you just take some of those examples one step further, and let's use the automotive industry as an example, the commercial consumer-driven um, industry. And if you look at government and the, the size of government and the, the mission, as we say, of government, it is an industry of industries. And so at the federal level and at the state and local level, we have transportation departments, turnpike authorities, uh, tollways, and other types of transport, transportation, public transit organizations, so that automotive, transportation, commercial industry has to be connected with the government part of the transportation ecosystem. And with, when those things are connected by technology, we get so much more out of it. The consumer of the automotive industry be, is more satisfied with the services they have, and when they have safe roads without potholes and uh, with up-to-date traffic information being shared by government, then their experience is even that much better. So it's really, it really truly is all connected and, and technology is that connector. It's a great point, Lorna. We had, uh, had Gary Silberg on one of these Twitter space events uh, talking about the intersection between tech and automotive. And, and a lot of the points you made, he was making about autonomous driving vehicles, about you know, the, the car being a computer on wheels and interacting with everything around it. Well, a lot of the things that interact with our government control, the stoplights, the, you know, the, the highway design system, those types of things. And so it really will be a further connection with tech and, and the government sector on consumer facing things like that. So I think that's a really astute point. Yeah. And, you know, Mark, it actually makes me think of another thing that's really important about this intersection with government and technology. And, you know, again, with the automotive uh, industry example and this this connection all around is that um, you know we're not going to go anywhere with autonomous vehicles if governments don't make that possible not just from a, a roadway perspective and having the appropriate lanes and uh, areas where where automotive vehicles can operate safely but from a regulatory side and so government always has two roles in in anything related to technology and especially a newer technology. They're on the regulatory side and setting setting regulation. We don't love the fact that governments regulate, but you know somebody has to govern um, how we do things and, and the way we do things. So government always has this dual role with new technology of, you know, what do we do around the regulatory side to make this possible? And then how do we actually use it ourselves to provide the services that government provides in conjunction, again, with this example of the automotive industry. Lauren and Mark, really great points. And I just want to, again, remind folks, if you have a question, feel free to ask them. You can hit the microphone button or message us. Lorna and Mark, I want to ask both of you this. I just want to start with you, Lorna, first before we bring Mark in. Um, we talked about the impact, Lorna, the ongoing impact, certainly, of COVID-19 on the government sector, as it has on all, all entities and all, all sectors of the economy. I want to talk about, Lorna, the aspect of talent, finding the right talent to work with the technology and, and to have the skills needed. Um, we put out a, a paper, Lorna, again, that survey we did of both citizens and government executives, and our report noted that COVID-19 put a spotlight on, the, on, on a lack of much-needed technology skills among current government employees in our survey survey of the government executives, 45% uh, said that COVID-19 revealed that their workforces were not adequately trained or prepared to work remotely. Only 39% of respondents said that their employees' necessary skills to embrace emerging technologies. 
And a, and a final point that I, I think speaks to this, Lorna, is uh, nearly six in 10 of the government executives that we surveyed said COVID-19 had increased awareness among government leaders of the need to train or upskill agency workers. So you put those three data points together, Lorna, and it certainly highlights, particularly among the government executives that we surveyed, a real recognition of uh, a shortage of individuals who are qualified to work with these emerging technologies. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Lorna? Do you feel there's been progress made uh, over the last two years, or do you feel that it continues to be a, a challenge in the government space to find uh, the right talent to work with the technology? Absolutely. It is still one of the most significant challenges facing governments today, and in fact, all of us whether, you know, it's KPMG as a consultancy and professional services firm or anyone in the tech industry finding resources, uh, especially in the technology industry with those skill sets, with, the, you know, understanding how to use the newest technology today. That is the greatest area of shortage. And, you know, also in the, the research that we did and the surveys, Matt, there was this other undercurrent of how do you attract new talent with these technology skills if you yourself are not using those technologies in a, in a significant way today. And that really exacerbates the challenge that governments have with, with technology resources, being able to attract someone uh, away from Google, attract someone away from uh, Meta, attract somebody away from, you know, one of these other, you know, big organizations that is very, very front forward on technology today. Uh, with a government looking for those types of talents and skills uh, and not being able to compete in the marketplace for those those skills. On the equity, equity side, though, I want to bring this back into play. We're seeing some really interesting things in the market around resources and sourcing of talent and skills and in a way that brings a more equitable access to those types of jobs and skill sets. There are several organizations, profit for-profit, nonprofit who have business models now to seek out, recruit, and train individuals from these underserved communities in new technology skills and then either outsource those resources to people like KPMG or to our clients uh, directly or uh, even, you know, just moving those folks into, you know, full-time jobs in any industry, but particularly in government uh, to fulfill those technology needs from a resource perspective. Hey, Matt, if I can jump in with a couple of points on talent that I think are really relevant here. You know, the first I would say, it's a really good time to be a, a tech worker with tech skills. Um, and it's not just it's not just government, it's across sectors in this horizontal concept of technology. That It's amazing the number of workers with tech skills that we're seeing leave the historical tech sector and go into other sectors because the demand for a government entity uh, or for another sector entity for employees with tech skills is, has never been higher. But there's also a huge scarcity of those resources. So what comes with that is an enormous cost uh, to recruit and retain people with those tech skills and an enormous internal cost to try to upskill the, the workers you have in those skills. But the other point I'm making, it's also, uh, it, to me, the tech shortage and the talent shortage has also really, really made uh, critical you know, things like automating the back office, using bots, uh, low code, um, employing aspects of blockchain technology, where you can't just rely on human beings to be you know, the way you efficiently 
uh, run your business and process your back office. And the governments, I think, are paramount around that, that with the labor shortage and the, the tech uh, talent shortage in the world today, there's got to be other ways to use technology in place of human beings to get done in an efficient way, uh, the way business needs to get done. And I think the government's uh, certainly realizing that as well. And we're seeing a shift there as the government modernizes and, and employs that technology in the back office. Great points by both of you. And um, cognizant of time, I know, believe it or not, we're almost at the half hour mark. And also cognizant of the fact that individuals join these conversations at different points. So perhaps, Mark and Lorna, it would be good for us just to go back where we began today's conversation about the intersection of tech and government and that concept of modern government and tech being a horizontal. And Mark, if you don't mind just going back to some of the points you raised at the beginning of the conversation, uh, for those who might have missed the opening comments, um, I think it would be of interest. And of course, Lorna, it'd probably be a benefit for you to also circulate back on the concept of modern government and, and some of what you're seeing. So Mark, if you could just go first with some of those initial points you made for those who might have joined at a different point of the conversation. Sure, Matt. Appreciate the opportunity. And, and really, the I think where we started today is talking about technology's role as a horizontal across all sectors in our economy and the government in particular, and really talking about three places where that, that intersection between technology and government comes to play. Um, the first is sort of the consumer experience. You know, we're all consumers of government services. And we want to have those those interactions through technology in the same way we interact with, you know, the way we might go shopping online or something like that. And so technology plays a huge role in the interfaces and the experience we have as consumers of government services. Matt, we also talked a bit about cyber. We haven't gotten too much into that, but uh, certainly the role technology plays uh, to address the cyber risk that the governments face and the data that governments need to protect and the, the enormity and, and the severity of the issues if there's a breach there. So certainly a huge link uh, between technology and the government around cyber. And then the last point we talked about was the way governments transform their processes internally, how they connect their back office to the front office using digital transformation, digitizing the way they do business. Some of the comments we made around uh, you know, updating and modernizing technology, which I'm sure Lorna can, can expand upon, but uh, technology playing a huge role in that uh, modernization effort for government. And, and Matt, I want to thank you too for the opportunity to speak with you and with Mark today on this topic and, and the opportunity as well to once again talk about modern government and our view of what is a modern government, one that is connected, powered, and trusted, and technology is so critical to each of those components or pillars of modern government. A connected government is using technology to connect internally and externally with its customers and with businesses and with commercial entities. A modern government is powered by that technology that we have today, and a technology allows governments to have value, create value much more quickly than it would otherwise. And then lastly, trust. It's so important for governments to regain that trust of the public. And that brings along all the, all the concerns and challenges around cybersecurity and access uh, and identity management. And all of these things come together to help a government be one that is modern. Well, Mark and Lorna, I really appreciate all the points you've made. And thanks for joining KPMG US News Twitter Spaces. Be sure to stay tuned for more great conversation.